Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app, or you're listening to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts at. Oh my goodness. So, in a world of absolute insanity, somehow a dude who didn't have the wherewithal to not get all handsy with himself live on a Zoom meeting somehow kept one of his jobs. If you're not following along, Jeffrey Tubin, the former legal analyst for The New Yorker and current legal analyst for CNN, yeah, he got a CNN gig back. I don't know how he pulled that one off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I, I started talking about in in a world gone, blah, 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 blah. And apparently, I had to do the epic trailer voice. I wish I could do his voice. I, I used to know the guy's name. He's unfortunately passed. That's a sidebar for another, for a whole other conversation about how awesome that dude was in a world gone totally insane. Like I said, I can't do it. I can't even come close to doing it justice. But back to Jeffrey Tubin. How many of us, if we had some sort of media job, or hell, even not a media job. If video of us came out, you know, trying to gratify our urges in the middle of a meeting somewhere else, how many of us would lose our jobs over that? I'm, I would imagine that most normal human beings... If you pulled what he did, would be looking for a job elsewhere. Because surely, a lot of these places like CNN, their their sexual harassment and sexual misconduct, anything that's going to give them a black eye, they should. Ha- they probably do have every right to go, uh, yeah, hey, Jeff, um, I, I know this is really going to tug at your heartstrings here, but um, 
Yeah, you're losing your job. Yeah, you, don't worry about. Don't worry about trying to pack up your desk. Someone will finish that for you. I know if you're listening to this on podcast, you're going, okay, yeah. Pulled, tugged, finished. Where are the rim shots? I was gone all day. I didn't have time to pull audio, new audio to go on to uh, this little voice box thing here. So I really don't. I apologize for not having that ready. Uh, caught me shorthanded there. No, but it's it's absolutely insanity that this guy even has a job. And then the uh, I'm amazed that CNN didn't get hit up by HR about having Allison Camerata. Do the interview where she got very, well, very uncomfortable. This is the cringiest, cringiest interview in the world. I am not even going to play audio from it. It's just so awful. And then, and this have. Tubin saying, yeah, I I messed up and just leaving it at that. He had to explain himself. Dude, no one cares the how or why. No, no one wants to know. Seriously, no one wants to know. Your your New Yorker former colleague sure as shit didn't want to know. Uh, my bad. Um they didn't want to know. <laughs> They, they didn't expect to look at the camera and, um, and, and see a mushroom in a, you know, in a field of brown grass. Unfortunately, they had to see that. They discovered many, many shortcomings with Jeffrey Tubin in that stupid Zoom interview. But, you know what? The dude kept his job. So many of us on the right, we do say, if you you have some grace, people make mistakes. And that is true. Truth be told, if it was someone on the right who got canceled over something stupid, like pulling your pud in a Zoom meeting because you thought you had your camera off, Um, yeah, okay, that, that was incredibly horrible judgment on your part. So we're just, we're just going to make you, we're going to suspend you, make you issue a mea culpa and promise not to do anything like that again. And then let you resume your job. Now, as far as the New Yorker goes, yeah, he by all by all rights, that was a huge violation. 
of their policies. Although I've seen the video, I don't think it was that huge of a of a policy violation. Um. So yeah, them the New Yorker firing him and making a permanent thing that is one hundred percent justifiable. But enough with uh, enough with the uh, you know someone lubing his tubing on. Uh, Zoom meeting. Let's get into something a little bit more meaningful. All right. So all the uh, Joe Biden gun stuff has been in the forefront recently. And I'm leading off with this story. Because it's really going to parlay into the last story I cover in this episode. Uh, This is from the Epoch Times. Missouri governor will sign bill nullifying federal gun laws, says his spokeswoman. Uh, Governor Mike Parson will sign newly passed legislation that would ban state law enforcement agencies from enforcing new federal gun laws following proposed rulemaking from the Biden administration to regulate firearms with stabilizing braces. Quote, the governor is aware of the legal implications of this bill, but also that, now more than ever, we must define a limited role for the federal government in order to, in order to protect citizens' rights guaranteed by the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. Jones said in a statement to news outlets... Huh. That's weird. It gave her last name, but never said her first name anywhere in this article in the first two paragraphs. But yeah. So we're going to protect stabilizing braces. I, I, I would love to see a lot more federal regulation. Like, I don't know, protect bump stocks. Uh uh, the bill, she said, is is about allowing Missourians to protect themselves and acknowledging the federalist constitutional structure of our government. Parson will sign the bill at a shooting range in the Kansas City suburb of Lee's Summit, report said. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it. I love it. Gun control advocacy groups and Democrats criticized the bill, saying it would violate the Constitution's supremacy clause. Democrats have also argued that because Missouri has a relatively high number of shootings and murders, the measure would be dangerous. All right, (laughs) I'm going to stop right there because, all right, where is the high number of these shootings taking place? It's not in farmland. It's not out in the woods back behind my house. We're talking St. Louis. Columbia, Kansas City, Springfield. And what are the weapons most likely to be used in shootings? Um, handguns. And these 5.56 five, and 7.62 by 39 pistols with a stabilizing arm brace are not being used. Probably because the people who tend to buy them 
are people who want to tend to spend want to spend a lot of money on a collectible piece. Because in all actuality, these barely barely miss the definition of a short barreled rifle uh you know AR pistols or AK pistols. That's really all it is. It's a short barrel rifle. It's that you know if you don't put an actual stock on it to where you can put it to your shoulder, it's not a it's not a short barrel rifle. Which don't be wrong, I appreciate the legal loophole finding. It's amazing. But they've sold these stabilizing braces for years and years and years. And none of these none of these mass shootings in the past ten years have involved an AR pistol with a stabilizing brace. This is a random uh accoutrement of gun culture that they're going after because they can. Well, you know, we can just go after something that's uh, not really uh, going to affect them in any meaningful way because really not a lot of people will have these AR pistols. And so not a lot of people are going to be affected by not being able to get the stabilizing brace. It's it's bad policy. It's like going after bump stocks because one moose knuckle, one moose knuckle used ARs with bump stocks to shoot up a music festival. Yeah, I know. I, I'm reaching back to that nut job because the federal government has completely memory hold what was going on with that. Or... He's just a dude who led such a squeaky clean life outside of some gambling debts that he was literally completely off the radar aside from things that didn't involve the all the guns. Uh, Libertarian Ninja, he says... My dad is a quadriplegic. The AR pistol with the arm brace is the only way he could shoot a gun. Why would he be deprived of his Second Amendment rights? Hashtag asking for a friend. (laughs) And then he also asked, do we have a motive for that shooting in Las Vegas? No, because, like I said, either the dude was so squeaky clean that aside from some minor coming up on the radar... Nothing like, ah, he just rented a moving truck and then bought 5,000 pounds of ammonia nitrate, ammonia nitrate fertilizer and, uh, and 2,000 gallons of kerosene. You know, stuff like that, you know, tends to really catch people off guard and, you know, raise flags. But he didn't. Anyways, this bill has no benefit and will interfere with the enforcement of the critical protections that keep Missourians safe from gun violence. Gun control group Moms Demand Action spokeswoman Tara Bennett said in the statement after Parson indicated he would support the bill. 
There is no doubt this bill should not become law. <laughs> but Republicans, Republicans in the state legislature said that the federal government will continue to push for more and more gun control measures. Quote, gun bans directly, magazine bans, attacks on private gun manufacturers, red flag laws, and restrictions on individual citizens from buying firearms, State Senator Eric Burleson, a Republican, said in January. We are doing this bill because the Second Amendment is under attack. It's under attack by Democrats, specifically the Biden administration and the Democrats in Washington, said State Representative Jared Taylor, a Republican, when the bill passed in May. The Second Amendment Preservation Act has been introduced in state legislature several times since 2013. Previously, the bill was vetoed by Democrat Governor Jay Nixon. This year, however, the bill was approved by Senate 22 to 10, and the House approved the measure 111 to 42. Earlier this month, the BATF, or the AFT, if you're uh, our current president, proposed a new rule that would consider most firearms with stabilizing pistol braces illegal. The rule would define a handgun as a short-barreled rifle if it is equipped with a stabilizing pistol brace, which, according to the AFT's own estimate, is a popular accessory. And... Again, it's just more more virtue signaling to the far left, the ones who are really pushing this administration. Again, as I have said before, when it comes to Second Amendment, I am such a pro-2A guy. Hey, that guy's a felon? Yeah, he could buy a handgun. That's cool. Oh, that person... Oh, the uh, the the person who who beat their wife has threatened to kill her on multiple occasions. Who, yeah, even though he has that domestic violence conviction, he can still always get a gun somewhere that's not you know that's not through a store that's going to run a background check, and I don't know circumvent the. Uh, Circumvent the Lautenberg Amendment? Yeah. What's the point of banning him from getting a gun through legal means if he's just going to illegally purchase the gun? Uh, see, Libertarian Ninja, the ATF should be a convenience store. I thought this was America. <laughs> I agree. Go in there and you can buy your alcohol, tobacco, firearms, all in one stop. Which, I mean... There's, there's, there's Walmart. Granted, you have to make multiple purchases because, you know, you have to buy the rifle at the, you know, at the, at the gun desk and then go buy your tobacco and alcohol separate, but you can still buy them all there. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a convenient place to shop. Yeah, I, I, Bought a new hunting rifle and 
all the ammo I need for it and targets and this, that, and the other. Run all that out to the car, come back in and grab grab my two cases of Bud Light and, you know, two cartons of Marlboro Reds. Let's go. <laughs> Libertarian Ninja. I already have my shady hotel room to buy my firearms in if the government attempts to outlaw them. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's a uh, shady hotel room, but there's definitely a farm where if push came to shove, I could get one. I don't know if I would necessarily have to uh, pay a lot of money or just maybe barter. You know, barter's a great deal. But yeah, this is more stupid of the government wanting to be heavily involved and even with the supremacy clause which you know supremacy clause doesn't really exist it exists through uh through a supreme court ruling and as i have discussed uh, multiple times on this podcast the supreme court isn't always right i mean they declared that for tax purposes a tomato is a vegetable. Although biologically it is a fruit. They've said that, you know what? If you want to round up um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are a certain race because we think they're scary and deprive them of their of their liberty and their property, by all means, go ahead and do that. <laughs> Libertarian Ninja. It's written in invisible ink in the margins. Huh, weird. I've got some allergies going on. <laughs> Ugh. Probably has something to do with the sleep study I did. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you know... You have a very strong suspicion that you have sleep apnea. Don't get a sleep study. I went because my shrink says, yeah, sounds like you have something going on. I want you to get checked out. There's goo that they put on some of the sensors to, you know, attach them to your head in your hair. I took a shower this morning after the sleep study. And here it is. Hours and hours later, I'm still finding freaking goo in my hair. Horrible. But, anywho, I'm going to get into this next story real quick before going to the break. Emails have surfaced that uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel sought sought the arrest of a business owner to prevent a Fox News appearance. Emails obtained by the Michigan Capitol Confidential Friday show State Attorney General Dana Nessel, Democrat, uh, was this story, man, Jeffrey Tubin and the D everywhere, sought to arrest defiant business owner prior to a scheduled appearance on Fox News. This story is from Breitbart and was released yesterday. 
Uh, Marlena Hackney, purveyor of Marlena's Bistro and Pizzeria in Holland, Michigan, repeatedly defied orders to shutter her business and made frequent appearances on cable news programs and local media outlets to denounce Governor Gretchen Whitmer's D coronavirus orders. Again, the story is just full of the D. I guess the left loves the D. Unless they work for the New Yorker and it belongs to Jeffrey Tubin. A March 12th email from Nestle to her communications director and several aides indicated that she knew Hackney was going to give an interview to host Tucker Carlson that evening. Quote, Do we know her whereabouts? We should just have her picked up before she goes on. This is outrageous, Nestle wrote. Should I be prepared to respond to this? I hope she gets the full 93 days for this. Is that the max civil contempt or just criminal contempt? In another email. Hackney, an immigrant who fled communist Poland. Communist Poland. Steve says, of course they love the D. That's why Tubin was welcome back at CNN. Oh, they just pulled him right back in. So anyways, Hackney, an immigrant who fled communist Poland as a teenager, had originally been charged with a misdemeanor for refusing to close her establishment and then was cited for contempt of court. Does MSP, uh, Michigan State Police, intend to go find her? Or are they planning to wait until next week? Nestle asked in another communication. Hackney was ultimately arrested on March 19th as she drove to her business before the sun was up. Breitbart News was on location the morning the troopers picked her up. Hundreds rallied outside a restaurant over the weekend before Hackney was released from the Ingham County Jail on March 23rd, some 100 miles away from her home. So not only did they arrest her, they drove her 100 miles I mean, if this is not a queer attempt at intimidation, shut up or we will shut you up, I don't know what is. Uh, Michonne Maddock, vice chair of the Michigan Republican Party, told the crowd, Whitmer's policies can kill seniors and lie about it, and Nestle just writes it off. But if Marlena in Holland serves a sandwich, she's got to serve time. Kelly Rossman McKinney, communications director for Nestle, defended the attempt to arrest her before the Fox News appearance, claiming it would, quote, likely embolden others to break the law. After Hackney's arrest, Michigan Capital Confidential reported it likely violated court guidelines. The Michigan State Police then transported Hackney roughly 100-plus miles to Ingham County Jail on a civil contempt of court warrant issued by the 55th District Court which is in Ingham County. So it's issued by a county that she's not even in. But Hackney's offense does not appear to meet the court's guidelines for arrest during a pandemic. These guidelines recommend that individuals be arrested if they are wanted for serious felonies, including assaults, criminal sexual conduct, and all offenses subject to life in prison. 
They also recommend arrest for individuals suspected of violating conditions of a bond or probation or failing to appear in court when required for serious offenses like these. Arrests are not recommended for property offenses, misdemeanor warrants, and failure to appear in court or pay fines and costs related to minor offenses. I said, and these are the court guidelines. These aren't, these aren't, you know, arguments made by, you know, pontificators and talking heads like me. This is what the court of freaking Michigan said to do. Putting Michiganders in jail for exercising their own constitutional rights and speaking out against their government is un-American. Gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon, Republican, said in a statement, Attorney General Nessel's comment clearly shows her use of state law enforcement to target Ms. Hackney for speaking out against Whitmer's government. This is the Chinese Communist Party-style police state tyranny. It is unacceptable in the United States of America. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, uh, Steve like like to uh, point out that uh, Marlena doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to communism because Polish communism... It wasn't real communism. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. Tired of the same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar? How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars, built boost energy drink mixes, and built go energy gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only 4 to 5 net carbs for you keto dieters, 6 flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix, and 3 flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Daring. All right, getting back into it. Um, uh, Steve pointed out during the break, Whitmer's government. I I thought presidents, governors had administrations, but the government was of, by, and for the people. Upon checking his notes, well, if you remember the the address to 
Congress by President Joe Biden, you know, the, the person who ultimately heads the AFT, we the people means we the Congress. So, I mean, there's there, there's a lot of debate going on with this, so you know, we'll see about that. And my final story, like I said, the first real story I got into had to do with you know, uh, stepping out, stepping and pushing back against government, the federal government wanting to operate outside the Constitution. And, well, we're not going to ban the gun. We're just going to ban the one thing that, you know, makes, makes it easier to shoot these, these guns. And a lot of that is pushed by mass shootings. And don't get me wrong, mass shootings are always a tragedy. I, I would be lying if I said they weren't. However, they, they, they always get used because they're shocking. They're the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, uh, last week, there was a shooting in Austin. And, well, you're going to notice something kind of weird with this story. And, th- and this is from AP. Police arrest one of two in Austin mass shooting that wounded 14. Police have arrested one suspect and are searching for another after a mass shooting on a crowded downtown Austin street left 14 people wounded early Saturday, two of them critically. The Austin Police Department said in a news release that the U.S. Marshals Lone Star Fugitive Task Force, oh, I hate to see that on a business card, assisted in making the arrest, but it provided no other details other than to say it was continuing to follow up leads for the suspect still at large. Interim Police Chief Joseph Chacon said the shooting happened around 1.30 a.m. on a street packed with bars and barricaded off from vehicle traffic. He said investigators believe it began as a dispute between two parties. Okay, interesting. Chacon said both suspects are male, but declined to disclose any details about whether both fired shots, saying the investigation was ongoing. Quote, most of the victims were innocent bystanders, but we're still sorting out all the victims to see what their involvement is in this case. The mass shooting, one of at least three in the U.S. overnight, sparked panic along 6th Street, a popular nightlife destination in the city that's home to the University of Texas. One witness, Matt Perlstein, told KXAN-TV that he was waiting with a friend to enter a bar when the gunfire erupted. Everything was lit- was totally fine. We just heard, like, a-, a bunch of gunshots going off. Everyone got on the ground. We couldn't even comprehend what was going on at the time. Chacon and his officers responded quickly to the area, which I would imagine they would have, because a place with lots of drinking, there's going to be lots of fighting, so you're going to have cops on hand. I noticed this at 4th Street in Louisville, attending a concert where I almost... Got in a fight with a dude who was shoving 
elderly men down and spilling their beer all over me. Quote, they were able to immediately begin life-saving measures for many of these patients, including applications of tourniquets, applications of chest seals. Because of the chaos in the barricade street, police drove six of the wounded to hospitals in their squad cars. Good on them. Ambulances transported four people, and the other four made their own way to the hospitals, he said. Governor Greg Abbott issued a statement thanking police and other first responders and offering prayers to the victims. Abbott said the Department of Public Safety is assisting in the investigation, and Chacon said the FBI and the AFT were also assisting. Now, uh, let's see. Steve asks, is it really a mass shooting if they weren't actually trying to shoot a mass of people? It sounds to me like two idiots who can't shoot and a lot of innocent bystanders to me. I agree. However, this is just the spin as I read it. Because everyone who has a working brain, you know, Pretty much anyone who is not a hyper left wing Democrat retard knows they mass shooting. If they're shooting fish in a barrel, they're aiming for the barrel. If they're shooting fish in a barrel, but they're aiming for a target in front of the barrel, well, they're just a bad shot. The fish just happen to be ancillary to what's going on around it. And that's not and that's not to downplay any of the injuries. I mean, there were people in critical conditions. You don't apply a chest seal to a flesh wound. I'm just saying. You don't apply tourniquets to stubbed toes. But if you, but if you were paying attention to the story, you notice they said they were male. Crickets, crickets. Um, it's there. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Enter, chief. Is is there anything else to go on besides they were men? Well, bring in the Daily Wire. Texas newspaper refuses to give description of suspect in mass shooting because stereotypes. A newspaper in Texas said on Saturday it is not publishing the description that local law enforcement gave of a man suspected of shooting 13 people on Friday night because it, quote, could be harmful in perpetuating stereotypes. And then it goes, it references the, uh, the AP story I just read. Investigators looking into what sparked the shooting, but they were not able to get a detailed description of the shooter because they believe it was a man and were going through surveillance video and other evidence. Chief Joseph Chacon said at a 4 a.m. news conference, the Austin American statesman reported that law enforcement had zeroed in on two suspects believed to be involved in the shooting. At the bottom of the Austin American Statesman's report, the newspaper explained that it was not going to give the description that law enforcement provided for one of the suspects. Editor's note! 
Police have only released a vague description of the suspected shooter as of Saturday morning. The Austin American Statesman is not including the description as it is too vague at this time to be useful in identifying the shooter and such publication could be harmful in perpetuating stereotypes. If more detailed information is released, we will update our reporting. In a statement, the Austin Police Department described the suspect as a black male with dreadlocks wearing a black shirt and a skinny build. The description was included in the following statement from the department. The Austin Police Department continues to investigate an early morning shooting that occurred in downtown Austin where 13 victims sustained gunshot wounds or were injured and a suspect remains at large. On Saturday, June 12, 2021, at 1.24 a.m., Austin police responded to multiple shots fired near the 400 block of East 6th Street. At that time, a large crowd of people began to disperse in the area. Officers initially located several victims who had sustained gunshot wounds and were injured. Officers immediately began performing life-saving measures on multiple victims. Officers transported six victims of police vehicles to, to the hospital. Three victims were transported in personal vehicles, and Austin-Travis County EMS transported four victims to local hospitals. There were a total of 13 victims who sustained gunshot wounds, blah, 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 blah. The suspects remain at large. It is unknown if there is one or multiple suspects. There is one suspect described as a black male with dreadlocks, wearing a black shirt and a skinny build. The area will be closed for an extended amount of time to process the crime scene. Investigators are collecting and reviewing camera footage. Yeah. So they were scared to say, oh, it was a black guy with dreadlocks and he was skinny, wearing black shirt. I mean, ye- oh, we don't want to, we don't want to perpetuate the stereotype because it's going to lead to profiling of black men. Oh, no. It's absolutely ridiculous. As I said at the beginning of this episode, this is a world gone totally insane. We have news outlets. You know, obviously the Austin newspaper, the AP... And I don't know how many other national headlines carried this story. And obviously they want to carry it because of, oh, we can use this mass shooting. That really wasn't a mass shooting. Again, it was a beef between two people that erupted into gun, that erupted into gunplay. And unfortunately, the people around them acted as the backstops for the bullets. This was not a mass shooting where someone walks up and goes, you know what? All these people sitting here in the street, they would make a great target. And then bam, 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 bam. That's a mass shooting where you are intentionally trying to kill as many people in a group as possible. You know, kind of like, I don't know, the previously mentioned Las Vegas shooting, a school shooting, the shooting at that grocery store, the 
the attempt to kill the Republican congressional baseball team while they were practicing for a charity event. Which, even then, it was initially downplayed as far as the motivation. It took really good reporting to discover that, you know, the FBI buried the lead and hit it way deep in a report on domestic terrorism where it officially ruled that uh, Hodgkinson, the guy who shot and nearly killed Steve Scalise and wounded several other congressmen, it was an act of left-wing political domestic terrorism. Kind of like when Barack Obama didn't call Nadal Hassan a terrorist, even though there were witnesses who put him standing up and shouting Allahu Akbar as he's shooting his fellow soldiers at Fort Hood, Barack Obama, he couldn't be bothered to call it domestic terrorism. He couldn't be he couldn't be bothered to say this was an insider threat from a radicalized Muslim soldier. Oh, it was workplace violence. Oh, no shit, stupid. Yeah, it happened in the workplace. But it wasn't workplace violence. This wasn't a beef between two employees or a labor dispute gone wholly awry, like which is what caused, you know, gave us the expression going postal. It's a correlation that was not causation. Calling Nadal Hassan killing, what, 19 fellow soldiers? Calling that workplace violence? despite his ties to Anwar al-Awlaki, ties that, I don't know, the FBI knew about, emails that they knew that he was sending to al-Awlaki, but they didn't do jack crap about. They didn't forward it on to to, uh, to, to U.S. military intelligence to, you know, run, run a counter-intel op and see what's going on here. But again, it, it's it's going to changing narrative to push a political agenda. As Steve points out, that was different. Calling it domestic terrorism would have been Islamophobic. Right. Just like the guy in Oklahoma who beheaded two of his co-workers at the meatpacking plant. Well, we know that he beheaded two co-workers but why? Could it have been that he was also shouting Allahu Akbar as he chopped those women's heads off? I don't know. Perhaps. I would hate to call that domestic terrorism because that would be Islamophobic. It doesn't fit the narrative. Again, this week has been been an episode all about narratives and how they get ripped apart and reconstructed. It's it it 
it's an absolute travesty to see these things going on. Again, referencing back to Las Vegas and the Las Vegas shooter. Do we really not know his motivation? The FBI spent how much money, devoted how many man hours to that case, and we still don't know why he did it. We don't know how he was funded. Did he buy all those gun, all those guns with all of his gambling money? And we have a general idea of how he got them up to his room. He had the room for a week. And he just kept bringing bags in through different doors of the hotel, so as not to raise suspicion. But what's the motivation? Did he really just hate Jason Aldean singing that much? That when Jason Aldean took the stage and started singing, started his set, he opened fire? Like I said, you have a state attorney general who... Despite what the court guidance on arresting people during the pandemic was, she violated court guidance to have a restaurateur arrested because she had employees who needed to make money. She had bills she had to pay. And she wasn't going to be cowed by some cow in Lansing. Steve says, no, no, we don't know his motivation. I have no doubt my mind, the FBI knows and doesn't want to tell us because it would break too many minds. I'm not far behind you on that, Steve. I mean, we look at all the times. I I did an episode looking at known wolves. Not lone wolves, known wolves, where the FBI knows about them. The guy who shot up that grocery store in Colorado, known wolf. The guy who nearly killed Steve Scalise, known wolf. It just keeps going farther and farther back. These people who are in charge of protecting us, and I use that in air quotes, They don't give a rat's ass about telling the American people the truth. They think the American people are dumb. They think we're too stupid to know the truth if it were to jump up and bite us in the ass. They push for little changes. Well, you know, these pistol braces for short barrel, you know, If you put pistol brace on these AR pistols, they're officially a short barrel rifle because these stabilizing braces, you're still holding them at arm's reach or even tucked in a little bit. You're not shouldering the rifle 
Like it has a butt stock on it. Oh, if you put it on there, if you got a short barrel rifle, you can have it. You can have a short barrel rifle, but you got to pay the tax stamp. It's it's ridiculous. And everything this week has been exercising. Don't blow my brains out because we keep getting lied and jerked around. And <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin strikes again. The government keeps yanking our cranks. God dang it. How am I supposed to go out on a serious note and every time I say something, it'd be alluded back to Jeffrey Tubin and his crap they pulled on Zoom? Son of a bitch, dead again! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple, Apple Podcasts, the same four things I ask every week. Number one, please, please, please subscribe or follow, whatever they call it now. Number two, leave a five-star review. Well, or rate it. Rate it five stars. I, I'll... I prefer five stars. I'll take four. I may even be willing to accept three stars, but five stars. Write a review. That way, when it pops up on other people's suggested listening, they go, huh, people generally like this show. Except that guy. And finally, share this episode. Share the show itself. Either way, send it to somebody. That way, you know, it's like, hey, I think you might like this guy. He's a little crazy. He's losing his mind some nights. He's half drunk most of the time. Please check it out. Better yet, send it to someone who you think will hate this show. Because I talked about gun control and got very snarky about mom's demand action. Tweet this episode at Shannon R. Watts. That's at Shannon R. Watts on Twitter. Please send this episode to her. Please. I'm begging you. Please. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, remember, you can go to RelentlessDaring.com. At the top of the page, you will see the donate button. Click it. You can set up a one-time donation. You can set up a recurring donation, however you choose. Or you can go check out the merch shop, see what merch is available. And just remember, all that money goes back into the show to, you know, keep the website up, keep the hosting fees paid, blah, 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 all the, all the, all the overhead charge. That way, you know, I'm not making any actual money off this. I'm just breaking even. It's all thanks to you helping me break even. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com.